Hey, this is Tolly Wilkins of Captivate Church, and we're so glad you've joined us on our podcast today. This is one way that we can take our message from Baltimore all across the world. We pray that today encourages you, inspires you to become the man or woman that God's designed you to be. But uh, today we're, we're continuing our series, uh, Beloved, um, or Be Loved, however you want to uh, put it. But uh, with Beloved, we're talking about just uh, the idea of love, the concept of love, and how uh, fragmented and chopped up it can be and, and broken in many places. And uh, I was thinking, just even before I came up, that, man, uh, we, we have, we figure out, we think we have love figured out. And um, I was, uh, Christy and I were, were talking yesterday, and um, there's this, uh, there's this singer-songwriter who puts out songs based on um, the Enneagram. And um, so my song came out this week. And it's, it's like, every, like people that they get their number, they understand who they are in the Enneagram, and then they listen to their song, and it just like breaks them. And they're just like, wow, this is so true of me. And um, so part of my deal on the Enneagram is I don't show much vulnerability. So I was like, no, it's fine. Uh, but then Christy and I, as we were talking, uh, she was like asking me probing questions. And she was like, hey, you know, is this true? And what about that line? And how did that hit you? And so uh, as I'm uh, unpacking it, she's over actually in the living room, like all good married couples for, you know, been together 20 years, you know, she, where she's in the living room and I'm up in the bedroom and we're texting. And uh, so <laughs> she, <laughs> she's like, hey, I just watched that. How did it hit you? And I'm writing back and I'm like, I'm like yeah, that was, a, that was real. And she's like, well, when, when was that moment in your life? And I'm just like, well, and I started telling her some more and and she told me, she was like, Tolly, I just, she's like, I, I feel like I'm still getting to know you. And I'm like, welcome to the club. <laughs> me too. Uh, but, but for all of us, um, I think sometimes we can feel like we know what love is or we know how to love well. And we kind of find ourselves in, in the rut that works for us. And so long as contentment is there and so long as there's uh, a quasi-peace in our lives with the relationships we have, we kind of call a truce and we just kind of run in that rut for a while. And we kind of just do that thing and we kind of exhibit love in that way. And uh, so I'm just reminded this week even in the middle of this series teaching others about love that, uh, man, we're, we're still always learning. And uh, I tell people all the time, I pray to God that I'm a better man um, in five years than I am today. I, I know for uh, a fact that I'm a better man than I was at 19 and 20. Um, and, and so I just pray that, that God continues to allow me the gift of uh, learning new things and growing and changing and becoming closer to the image of uh, the, the person he put on the planet, my true self, um, the self that he designed me to be. And so I just pray that for you, each time you come and each time you experience the scriptures, that you would also take that approach and you would just say, Lord, I I'm not there yet. Um, I, I, I may be in a rut and there may be peace in my life at the moment, but it doesn't mean I've got it all figured out. So I'm going to open up the word and I'm going to open up my heart. And I'm not just going to read the scriptures. I'm going to let the scriptures read me. And when the scriptures read me, I want to learn from whatever the scriptures teach me about myself. And so today, that's what we're doing in uh, 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2. We're doing a little renovation. I told you last week that uh, in the refining process, I, I watched uh, Gold Rush and how they melt down and they get rid of all of the impurities. Um, in the first week, we talked about how the fact that with love, 
with love, it's, we have to understand it's not something we generate from within ourselves, but rather we're passing along. Um, God is love. God loves us. Even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so we're not trying to pass along something that we create or manufacture inside. We're, we're trying to pass along the love that God poured out on us. And so the more that you understand your own sin and your own brokenness, and the more you realize you're redeemed in spite of it and you're loved in spite of it, the greater degree that those two things happen in your own life allows you to have a greater degree of love for other people. And so you're not generating it, you're passing it along. And so understanding God and his love and his love for others, that helps you because the more I get that, the more I can pass along the real thing, the true thing. And uh, so today I want to continue. We're kind of taking First John and we're kind of working our way backwards. We got to the punchline and then we're working our way back. So today we're in First John chapter 2, First John chapter 2, and I'm going to read uh, a few verses. If you would stand uh, with me if you have the ability and if your seat's already not laid out. If you are, I understand. Uh, a little jealous standing up here all, all the whole service, but it's all right. I'll get by. First John chapter 2, it says this, Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment. Can everybody say no new commandment? No new commandment. That's not what's happening here. He's like, I'm not writing you something new. But an old commandment that you've had from when? From the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment. Don't you love the paradox of the Bible? You're just like, come on, man. You just said no. Now you say yes. A new commandment that I'm writing you, which is true in him and in you. Why? Because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. I just find that interesting. Like just because you say you're in the light, the scripture is pretty clear. Like, it doesn't really matter what you say. It matters what's going on in your heart, in your life. You could say all day long you're team Jesus. But your life will reflect whether or not you're team Jesus. So it says, and, and he hates his brother. He's still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. And in him, there is no cause for stumbling. We're going to get to that. There's no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. The darkness has blinded his eyes. Let's pray. Father, I pray that right now this morning that you would uh, bring in the light that you would shine a light on our hearts, shine a light on our motives, shine a light on the scriptures, and allow us to become people uh, of love. Not something that we create or we manufacture, but a genuine love that comes straight from you. And so, Father, today, would you do your work? Would you renovate our souls? Would you point us on the right direction? Allow us to see clearly the way that you see the world. Allow us to love the way that you love. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said... Amen. You guys can grab a seat. So 1 John 2, he says, Beloved, I'm writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you've heard from the beginning. The old one is the word that you've heard, meaning it's already there. If you really believed and if you really bought into who Christ is, then this is not anything new. But he's like, hey, what, then why am I telling you? Well, I'm telling you this because 
At the same time, it's a new commandment that I'm running to you, which is true in him and true in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. True love. Today, I want to talk about what is that true love that the scripture refers to. True love is not new or optional. True love is not new or optional. Have you ever met somebody that, that claims to be a Christ follower and uh, they, they exhibit behavior that helps you to think that maybe they believe loving others is optional? I don't know if I, I, I can't love them. Look, Look at what they've done to me. Look at what they did. Look at that past sin, that hurt, that hang-up, that failure. Oh, man, I, I don't want anything to do with them. And you say, wow. In that concept of Christianity, love is optional for you. Like, like you, you have the ability inside to just turn on a switch and turn off a switch and say, I will and I won't love people. This is how so many scourges on our history in this country happened. You, you had people that would go and they would worship on Sunday, but then they would hate people of a different race all week. But then still come and say, hey, God, I love you, I love you, I love you, but I hate these people. And this, this, this disconnect... This belief that it is okay to hate anyone is a scourge. I, I believe in many cases that this is happening in various segments of society still. That we can still find some people to say, well, they are not living the way that I believe they should live, and therefore... I want nothing to do with them. But when we read the scriptures and when we read the places, we find out that if I'm going to only hang around with pure people that have already arrived and already have it all together and they've already made it, I am going to die a lonely man. And so the scriptures are saying, hey, I want you to understand from the beginning, I'm not giving you a new commandment, but an old one. You had it from the beginning. The, the commandment is the word that you've heard. At the same time, it's a new commandment I'm giving to you, because, which is true in him and you, because the darkness is passing away. And the true light is already shining. You see, the darkness, the, the, the evil, the idea of hatred, the having, having something so combustible in your heart towards another person, that's passing away. But the true light is shining. When I, I looked into some different theologians' points on what, that, what is that true light? The true light is that the gospel had, had, had permeated the hearts of the early believers, and now the true light was starting to be shined through the believers. And the darkness that had been in the world prior to Christ's death, this idea that it was, it was okay to be duplicitous, it was okay to say that you love God and still practice evil. Remember Jesus when he talked to the Pharisees? He said, hey, the outsides of your cup look great. You guys do a great job shining up your china. But I wouldn't drink anything 
from your cups. Because on the inside, you were filled with poison. He wasn't talking to the addict. He wasn't talking to the, the people of the street. He wasn't talking to a gang member. He wasn't talking to someone that the society would say, oh, they're bad people. No, no, no. You know what he was talking to when he said all of that? The highest of the highest of religious order. He's like, you guys got a great facade on the outside, but on the inside, you're rotten. This was Jesus, our Savior. And then we look at scandals that plague churches. And you just go, how? How? How, how, how did that ever happen? How, how did we ever get there? How do these people believe? You know why? Because they believed in this duplicity that they could hold in one hand love for God. And they could so hate other people in the other hand. And in their mind, as the scripture explains, they became blind. But when we think of becoming blind, we normally think of too much light. But you can go blind from too much darkness. You cannot use the muscles and you cannot use the eyes and slowly but surely over time, lose sight altogether. And this is how we can become, if we're not loving from the right place, with the right motives, with the right heart, if we're not trying to pass along what's been passed to us, but rather just manufacture something that we create and slap the name love on it and go out into the world and live that way, and we could sit back and still come to church and just be like, no, I, I'm displaying Christ's love. Why? Because you go to church? Doesn't mean anything? You say you're a Christian? So? I could say I'm skinny. And so, so as a result, you, 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 you end up living this duplicitous life. You end up living this life that, that just has these things in tension that shouldn't be. And so the scripture's calling it out. In love, we cannot do that. True love is not new and it's not optional. An older original doesn't mean bad. You know what's also old and original? Foundations. I'm okay with foundations. Kind of like them myself. Because on foundations, everything else can be built. And sometimes we're so busy trying to chunk out whatever is an old concept that, that we chunk out the good stuff. And the good stuff of Christianity is pure love. Pure love. New doesn't mean that it's right or better. It just means it's a new idea. Verse 9, check this out. Whoever says he's in the light, remember we're back to testimony versus testing like real life. Whoever says he's in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. And I'm going to skip verse 10 because there's two th thoughts here, but he actually picks up this idea of, of darkness again in verse 11. He says, but whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and doesn't know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. True love is loving the people Jesus loves. And Jesus 
loves who? Everybody. Wouldn't you like to just grab all of society and send them back to preschool? Wouldn't you? Like, don't you think, like, your, 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 your job, people at your job, they, they would be a lot better if they just went back to preschool, learned some manners, learned about the sandbox, learned about sharing, learned that selfishness isn't going to really get them very far with the teacher, had their cubby hole where all their stuff had to be put up. True love is loving the people that Jesus loves. Some of us need to go back and just remember the basics. That I can't say that I have true love if, if I have hate in me. And some of us are sitting here and you're like, well, pastor, it's a good thing. Man, I haven't been a racist. I don't have any problem with people of a LGBTQ community. Like, that ain't me. Like, I'm a loving person. And like, no, I just really can't think where I hate anybody. I um, saw an interview. You could Google it to verify that your pastor tells the truth if you want. But um, Penn and Teller, you guys know them? There's an amazing video. It's been out for a few years now where um, the atheist, he says, hey, uh, I mean, he's an atheist, and he says, hey, when I realized like what Christianity is about, he's like, I stopped getting offended when my Christian friends would try to tell me about Jesus. He said, no, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in Jesus, but he said, how much, this was the beautiful question, you can Google it, Penn and Teller Christianity, how much would you have to hate me to not tell me about God's love for me? He's like, if you, if you believed at your core that there's a heaven and a hell, that there's an eternal separation, that we're all starting life condemned because of our sin, and that sin is evident everywhere, and, and if you believe these things, and you believe that there's a God who has offered salvation to us through his son, Jesus Christ, and you withheld telling me that, he asked the real question, how much would you have to hate me? to see that I'm headed for the end of a bridge and you know the bridge is out and you know the road that I'm on, how much would you have to hate me to let me continue to drive by when you know the bridge is out up ahead? And he's an atheist. And I thought, yeah. People that I don't necessarily like, I think I would still flag them down and say, hey, bro, not happy with you, but like pull over. There's a bridge out. And so we kind of codify ourselves because we say, well, I'm not an outward hater. I, I don't outwardly dislike people around me. I, I, I keep it to myself. You know, one of, my, the, <laughs> one of the most humorous things I've had people tell me before, oh, pastor, I, I don't hate anybody. I mean, you should hear the stuff that I don't say. It's like, 
Like, how is that any better? Like, and, and so, so you and I, how much do we hate people if we're not sharing, them with, sharing with them the love that Christ has for us and the love that Christ has for them? If we believe this to be true, and then if we say, well, no, that's not why, well, then we have to ask, like, do we believe it to be true? Because if we believe it to be true, like we should genuinely just like, hey, start conversation and talk to people and get to know their story and hear their perspectives on things and, and, and casually ask. What's your, one, one thing for me, I, I, I ask constantly when I'm in conversations with somebody, I'll just be like, hey, so what's like your faith background? Like, what's your take on that? They've already shared with me about football and the weather. So I'm just like, what, what do you think about that kind of stuff? And you'll know really quick how open or closed they are to having these conversations. And you don't badger people and beat them up. But, but if they're willing to conversate and, ha- and, and have some, some discussion, then have the discussion. Because why? You love them. And you at least want them to know. They make their own decision. You can't control up, down, left, or right. But you could at least tell them that they're loved. But many of us, we, we do what? Penn was talking about and would just hate people with our silence. The true love is that we, we, we need to love people that Jesus loves. Jesus loves everybody. But for some of us, our eyes have been so dark for so long that love has been useless. Now we pick and choose. We have a handful of people in, maybe in the room or maybe in your life, you have half a dozen or so, or maybe a dozen, if you're fortunate, that you really do love, and you really do demonstrate love, and you sacrifice for, and you share with, and you care for. But, but beyond just this, this, this small circle that you create for yourself, and then even in that circle, like how much of that love is reciprocal, like you want to love so that you get love back, so it's just a good investment for you. It's not really that you genuinely love them, but you love them so that they'll love you back so that way you have a circle of people when you need them. And so what we got to do is we got to get to a place where we say, hold on, that's not Christ's love. Christ's love for me is not loving me so that I'm forced to love him back. That's not Christ's love. Christ's love for me is he's, he's unconditional loving And he absolutely loves me right where I am in the midst of my brokenness. And you know what? The the scriptures say that the rain falls on the, the good, the just, and the unjust alike. Christ loves the world, even if they're not loving him back. And so you and I, are we willing to live with that kind of love? Are we willing to say, you know what? True love comes from him. And true love means that I'm going to love the people that he loves. And he loves everybody. And so I've got to find a way to look into my heart and to take that before the Lord and say, Lord, is there, is, are there people in my life that I'm not loving well? And how could I do better? And so there may be some obvious, but there may not be. It may just be that you've lived in the dark for so long that you've lost your sight. And maybe the beginning is saying, Lord, bring in your light. Help me to see What am I missing? Shine your light of the goodness of the gospel at at, at my my co-working space. Shine your light of the goodness of the gospel and the people at the gym that I work out with and I see all the time because we're on the same schedule. Shine your light of the gospel on that. 
Shine your light of the gospel on, on the people that bring me mail or that serve my table or, or they're in my life on a regular basis. I see them, but I just kind of take advantage of their service. You know, you know, one of the things that I love to ask, I did it again last night. I just, it's kind of ingrained in me because I really believe that everybody should work as a waiter and as a fast food person. I really believe it. The world would be better because like we would treat them differently. And so one habit that I have, and I pass it along to you, you don't have to give me any uh, tip, but you can. I'm joking. So here's the deal. One thing that I ask all the time is the waitress or waiter will always, they'll come by and they'll be, hey, how are you guys doing today? The table's like, yeah, 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 I like some water. And so like I'm trying to discipline myself to say, Tolly, don't do that. Like turn around and just say, hi, Sam. How has your day been so far? Like, you know, you've been on for a while as the shift towards the end or the beginning. The, the person yesterday said, you know, I've been working since 9 a.m. And it was in, in the evening. And so for me, as someone who is on the receiving end of service now, I know this person has had a really, really long day. And they don't need to put up with my garbage. And so it allows me to love better because I can make sure, like, hey, at my table, like, hey, are, are we all together? Everybody got an order? Like, let's not waste this person's time. Like, and it helps me. Why? You said, well, you're there paying money. Like, shouldn't you? Yeah. If I was an idiot, that's how I should treat people. Or I could just say no. Like, if I was doing this all day and I was tired of my feet and I was, you know, kind of at the end and I've been mistreated and my tips were terrible all day, then, yeah, I would love to have a table that just came in. They picked up after themselves, they were respectful of me, and they cared about my day. And the beautiful thing is the boss loves to look over and see that the staff's paying attention to you. So you could sit there and ask a few questions. How's your day? How are things going? How, 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 if you're listening, if you're in a position where you can do this, I ask sometimes, how, how's, it, how's the tips been today? I want to know, and they'll, they'll be honest. I've had some that are just like, yeah, it's been great. It's been a great day. And they're not expecting anything of it. And I've had others that are like, man, it's been, thank you for asking. It's been a hard day. These are simple, small ways that we can love better. And we could love everybody. And we cannot walk in and the scriptures say, hey, you know what Christians shouldn't do? Christians shouldn't judge people because if they are dressed nicer and they're, they're, they're people like them more, that we put them at a high place at the table. And then people that look Worse off, we put them at the low or we put them in the back. The Bible says we should not treat people like that. So then wouldn't it make sense for us to say that when my server's coming over, take a second to just get to know their name. So I'm not saying, hey, 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 or, or waving my hand like a madman. But I'm like, this is your name. I see you. And also like, hey, if I have the ability and God's blessed me, like I'm going to leave extra like I'm going to start at 20% and leave extra? Why? Because I'm passing out God's love. And here's what I've learned to be true, and I pray it's true in your life. I've learned to be true that the more generous I am and the more loving I am of others, God has a way of taking care of me. I'm not really worried about that part. But true love is loving the people Jesus loves, and he loves everybody. And when you find people in your path, realize that that's, a person God has sent for you to love. And then go back to verse 10. 
Verse 10 says, whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no cause for stumbling. I'm going to read it again. It's important. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him there is no what? Cause for stumbling. True love helps you sprint to Jesus, not stumble away from him. True love helps you sprint towards Jesus. If you really love the people in your life, don't put um, obstacles in their way to get to the Lord. Don't create new patterns for their own destruction or own demise. Don't create new temptations for the people that you love. If you know someone struggles with, with, with alcohol, why then would you grab them and say, hey, let's go to a place where they serve alcohol or let me drink alcohol in front of you? Why? Why would you add if you love? True love means that there's no stumble. I'm not going to help you stumble. If you love your, 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 your friends who are gone through a difficult relationship, why in the world would you help uh, highlight other people in their life and, and talk about and joke about uh, people breaking up and talk about who else is single and out there. Why would you do that? Like, don't do that. Like, you become a person that's stumbling and you're helping others to stumble away from the Lord. Why do we, why do we laugh at callous things at work? Why do we look at things and giggle when they break the heart of God? Do we really love the people that we're celebrating sin with? And we've got to ask ourselves, like, is that love? Is it, is it love that I would point people away from Christ? Is it love if, if I know Christ is there and then my behaviors and habits and actions all point over here? Am I really loving? Because if God is love, and love is here, why would I live and move and breathe and dance and sing and celebrate and push people this direction? This is why, my friends, we cannot say that whatever we create inside that looks like love is love. Because you know why? Because you're a monster. Uh, 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 you're a monster. You're a machine. You are a monster sometimes. My worst days, I'm terrible. You're a machine, a manufacturer of sin. And so as a result, I can't just trust whatever comes up out of me and say, hey, that was loving. No, because that might have been nice. I might have been kind. I might have a smile on my face. But if I was leading someone to go away from God's will and God's desire for their life, then I was leading someone away from love. Are you with me? Say yeah. So, so I can't just go out and just say whatever I do and whatever I say and however I behave is always loving so long as I intended for it so. No, because if I'm pointing people away from Christ through my behaviors and actions and what I celebrate and what I laugh at, if I'm doing that with my life, that's not very loving if the goal is to help them sprint towards Jesus. And so that causes all of us to pump the brakes and say, hey, maybe I've got to reevaluate kind of who's in that circle, and, and if I'd ever let my guard down, like, like I've got to watch it because I don't want to cause somebody else to stumble. That's not very loving. I need to care about their needs above my own. I need to care about them the way I care about my own soul. And if I'm, if I'm talking to the Lord about my own sin condition, I don't want to perform that sin condition with others. 
Because I'm tearing them down too, not only me. And so whoever loves his brother abides in the light and in him is no cause for stumbling. True love helps you sprint towards Jesus, not stumble. This is good too for for all of us just to say, man, do I have the people in my life that seem like every time they show up, I stumble. It could be a a relationship, a a significant other that you're not married to. Like, just like, man, they come around, I stumble. You got to evaluate that. I, I remember as a um, teenager, I've told you guys this story, but it's worth repeating. As a teenager, I, I just realized like, hey, after a certain time every day, I would hang out with the wrong guys. I would hang out with them all day, but after a certain time, certain behaviors would start to happen. We'd go and we'd do some things. And I just like, man, what, and I figured it all out. It was like, like basically after eight or after the sun went down, like good luck. And so I just had to make up reasons. I started being like, yeah, oh, God, I got somewhere to be. Oh, my mom wants me home. <laughs> like, your, your mom's not even in town. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah, she wants to be home anyway. And so I just was like, man, I, I love the people, but I, I, man, I can't hang out with you at a certain time. We just have to do things to police and say, hey, this isn't, this isn't wise for me, and it's not wise for them. True love helps you sprint towards Jesus, not stumble away. Last one for today. Wanting to love one another is wanting God for one another. Wanting to love one another is wanting God for one another. Not good, but God. God's going to be good for him. But if I, if I want to love you, the best thing I can have for you is not even my wishes for you. Don't you wish there was some, you don't have to say it if they're here in the room, don't point at them. But, but don't you wish there were some people that understood that their will for you may not be the best thing for you? And you like try to tell them like, hey, stop it. I appreciate your concern, but that's not my path. That's not who I am. And you've got some people, some, uh, sometimes parents can be the worst. It's like the parents just don't, they don't know what 18 looks like or 21. And they're just like, Shh, I'm going to tell you and I'm going to control you. And I'm going to want you to do. And it's like, hey, hey, I appreciate you want good for me, but it's what you want for me. Like I, I want what, what, what God wants for me. And so the best way you can love me is to not just want good for me and presuppose what that is. The best way you can love me is to say, I want God for you. I want God's best for you. And that means that God knows your talents and God knows your soul and God knows where your lonely places are and God knows what you need in your future. God knows what challenges you've got to overcome so that when the big challenge comes, you're going to be prepared. God knows all of that. I can't protect you so much and put my good all over you so much that you never get to know God. I've got to want God for you. I've got to want God for you. I've got to want God's will, God's heart, God's wisdom, God's mind, God's love, God's direction, God's discipline, God's rebuke sometimes, God's silence. Why? Because if that's the plan that God has to have so that you will be healthy and whole, I need to let it happen. I can't manufacture, remember, I can't manufacture love. I can only pass it on. And if I want love for you, I've got to want God's best for you. 
Sometimes God's best means that I have to be quiet. Sometimes God's best means I can't just flippantly speak into every situation all the time. And I can't just tell people about my personal experience all the time, uninvited. Sometimes God's best is I have to go to the Lord and talk to him twice as long as I ever talk to my friend. Because if I really want love for them, I've got to want God for them. Who cares if they get an A plus in imitating Tolly and they get a failing grade for imitating Jesus? And many of us have been so darkened that we believe if I can make people a carbon copy of me and they can do life the way I do it, if they'll just copy me and they'll just do my path and they'll do my journey, if they'll do that, I know they'll be fine. Why? Well, because I was fine. They're not you, my friend. The best thing you could want for anybody you love is God's best for them. And you need to be self-assured enough and self-confident enough to understand that God's best for others is not the path he would have you on. And the way that God worked with you may not be the way that he ultimately works it out with them. And it's a beautiful thing because then that allows you and me to get back to being the branch. Remember what Jesus said? I tell you as often as I can. He said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. And apart from me, you can do nothing. But many of us attempt to love apart from Jesus. And because we did it with good intention and because we did it with a smile on our face, but we didn't consult the Lord on it, we weren't really much more than a controlling figure in someone's life, a smothering figure someone that's holding them back, preventing them from feeling the consequences of their own actions. And as a result, they can get an A plus in pleasing you and a failing grade for pleasing the Lord. If you love them, you don't want that. If you love them, you say, I want God's best for you. And if you'll allow, and if God instructs me, I'll speak into that, and I'll be involved, and I'll walk with you, and I will pray for you relentlessly. And if I believe the Lord wants me to, to step up or speak up or do something, then I will. But I'm not going to just go on my own and, and predicate what love means for you. My friends, I don't want us to blindly give out what we say love is and miss out on who love is. Let us this week go about our lives and ask in every situation, Lord, am I giving out your love? You see, the scripture says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because why? God is what? Love. This is my commandment, John 15 says, that you love one another as I have what? Loved you. 
Greater love has no one than this, than someone lay down his life for his friends. Sometimes we need to lay down our own opinions and judgments, critiques. We have to lay that down for a friend and say what you need in this moment is not really me. What you need in this moment is Jesus. And I'm going to help you get there. I'm going to help you sprint towards Jesus. I don't want to be your stumbling block. True love is not new or optional. True love is loving the people Jesus loves, and he loves everybody. True love helps you to sprint towards Jesus, not stumble away, either through sin or through control. True love is wanting to love one another by wanting God for one another. I pray this week as we go, we will be people of love, but it won't be a manufactured version. It'll be connecting people to Jesus. And when we need to step in, we step in. When we need to step away, we step away. But in all things, we seek the Lord first. We don't need copies of ourselves, and we don't need to help other people stumble. What we do need is to introduce people to love, and love as a name. His name is Jesus. Let's pray.